Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life maybe you've been curious about or you want to get some biblical perspective on. We'd love to talk with you and hopefully answer some of those questions and bring clarity where there's been confusion or, or lack of clarity, and we'd love to pray for you. So give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. The text line is 720-336-0897. Once again, 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven for the text line. I want to welcome all of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming here on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. You're hearing the show live today. We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. We also want to greet those who are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. Just a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast and the area around Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay, but we would still love for you guys to call in, and then you guys have a unique opportunity there on Truth FM and Hope FM because it's on a one-week delay. When you call in, get your question answered or your prayer request prayed for, and then you can then go and tell some of your friends, neighbors, family members say, hey, I'm going to be on the radio next week at this and this time. You tune in, and that can be a way for you to not only get them to hear how your question was answered, but also to introduce them to the radio station where you're listening right now, and maybe a great way to introduce them into a work of God through their life, or work of God in their life through that local Christian radio station where they're going to hear good Bible teaching and worship throughout the week. So we encourage you to do that, but wherever you're tuning in from, Welcome. We're glad that you're here. I also want to give a big hello to everyone who listens online. There's so many of you who do that, an increasing number, really, of people who tune in online, both on our website, gracefm.com, and on the mobile app. I just got a message earlier this week from somebody in Louisiana who said that they had listened to me on uh, Calvary Live. And so I, every now and then, like this week as well, I get a map of where people are tuning in from live at the moment. And so I'm seeing those of you tuning in online uh, in Washington State, down in Southern California, Arizona, all over the state of Colorado, of course, and uh, up and down the Midwest, into Texas, looks like Chicago and the East Coast. We have also international listeners, Philippines, South Africa, Ukraine. Great to have you guys tuning in wherever you're tuning in from. And we'd love for you to be part of the show as well. You can call in with your questions or you can text us no matter where you're uh, calling in or texting from. And we'd love to hear from you. Again, the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 336 
720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Call in with your questions about the Bible, maybe things that you've been reading and, and struggling to understand, maybe things related to current events or things in your life that you'd like a biblical or pastoral perspective on, or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you and with all of our listening audience be able to just agree with you and lift up your need to the Lord together. So 303-690-3000 to call and to text is 720-336-0897. By the way, if you haven't got our mobile app yet, really encourage you to do that. So go into your mobile device and type in, in the app store, type in Grace FM as one word, no spaces, and it will come right up for Android and for Apple. You can put that on your device and you will be able to tune in and listen. There's also some other cool features in there that you won't want to miss out on. Bible reading plans, things like that. So get that app for your mobile device. And then also, uh, for those of you who maybe sit at a computer at work or, or for school, you can tune in on the website, gracefm.com, and just hit the Listen Live button. A few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And I'm your host here every Friday on Calvary Live. Um, I want to take the opportunity before we get to our, our first caller to invite you to join us for church. We're currently, with all of the coronavirus situation going on, we are blessed and happy to be able to have services both online and in person. So if you are in or around Longmont, Colorado, we would love it if you would join us. And if you are outside of our area, you can still join us online. So we would invite you to do that as well. So our services are on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Mountain Time. And they are both in person and online, live at that time. To join us online, you can go to our website, whitefieldschurch.com whitefieldschurch.com, or you can go to our social media pages, so facebook.com slash whitefieldschurch, youtube.com slash whitefieldschurch, and you can watch on those platforms as well. And if you are in person and you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us. We have a, a nice, large building where we're able to accommodate uh, people who want to come and worship, and, and God has really just been blessing that. We've been following all the regulations, staying safe, and it's just been a really blessed time of seeking the Lord together in person. So if you are in the area, we'd love to, for you to join us for that. So it's the address where we're at is 2450 Colorful Ave Avenue in Longmont. So 2450 Colorful Avenue in the city of Longmont, but we are on the far eastern edge of the city of Longmont. In fact, the, the street just next to our building is the city line. And so if you're looking for us, here's you can, of course, just Google us, 2450 Colorful Avenue, or go to our website, whitefieldschurch.com. You'll find directions and all that good stuff. But if you're curious where we're at in Longmont, we are just east of County Line Road, right on Highway 119, which is also called Ken Pratt Boulevard here in Longmont. And we're directly north of Sandstone Ranch, um, the community park complex there, the sports complex, Sandstone Ranch with the skate park and the soccer fields and all that stuff. So uh, where you would turn into Sandstone Ranch, you turn the other way. You go north instead of south, and you come right to our building. We're right here. You can see us right from Highway 119 as you're driving uh, into or away from Longmont. We're kind of in between the city center of Longmont and I-25, which makes us really accessible for a lot of people in surrounding communities like Firestone, 
Frederick, Mead, Erie, Berthoud, as well as uh, we have people who come from Boulder and, and farther away as well. So wherever you're coming from, we'd love to have you join us. We're currently studying through First and Second Kings, and this Sunday will be our last study in First Kings. And we're looking at a passage which is really, really interesting. It's a passage where King Ahab, at the end of his life, he actually comes to this point where he's confronted by God and all of his excuses fall away and he repents. And one of the things we see is that so many things in life work counterintuitively and perhaps the greatest counterintuitive thing that works in life is that of repentance leading to joy and happiness. And we're going to look at that through the lens of the Beatitudes. And maybe you always wondered, what's a Beatitude? Well, a Beatitude literally means the happy saying. So I'm going to explain all of that this coming Sunday. Join us in person and online, whitefieldschurch.com or in person at 2450 Colorful Avenue. If you're coming in person, come a few minutes early so we can social distance and follow the rules. And we'll look forward to uh, worshiping with you at that time. Let's go to our first caller, uh, Jeremiah in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Jeremiah. Welcome to the program. Hi, how's it going, man? Going great. What's up? Um, so I was calling. I've always I've always listened to your teaching and stuff, and I've always really appreciated it and respected uh, your your ministry. And really, just wanted to ask you uh, if you had heard anything, or like through your prayers, or or if you feel like you've gotten a word from the Lord regarding um, just everything going on right now with the coronavirus and just like the the dramatic change that might possibly be happening soon or i'm just kind of curious if, if, if you feel like you've heard anything from the lord about what's going on lately yeah you know there are a few things i've heard from the lord and i think that's a really great question jeremiah and a, and a great way of thinking because here's really you know a few i'll just share with you a few thoughts that i've had over the past few months um and more recently you know one thing is is basically just this and it's it's really why you called i guess is is that the church, I believe, needs to avoid partisanship and we need to be a prophetic voice in the world today, right? So we, you know, we could put it this way. Is Christianity political? Yes, Christianity is absolutely political, but not in the way that many Americans think about politics. Christianity is political in the sense that it has a polis, right? It has a polis, which means the people, polis right is about the people and it is about the people but it also has a king it proclaims a king and a kingdom and we belong to that king and that kingdom as citizens of that kingdom and yet we live here when we're also citizens of this earth so we're dual citizens but our primary citizenship is in heaven and that what that means is that while we participate in things here on earth we understand that we do so in a way, as a little bit as those who stand outside, right? We understand that this world is not where it's at and that we have a citizenship. Our true home is in heaven. And therefore, we proclaim a true king and his true kingdom. And one of the things I always see about Jesus is that he called people from different ends of the earthly political spectrum to be part of his higher kingdom. And he took people who who literally hated each other's guts because of their political views. And he brought them and he made them brothers. He gave them a new identity, a new politic, and he made them um, part of a new kingdom. 
So, so my favorite example of this is with the disciples. And if you look at some of the disciples' names, you know, they, they're all just people's names, but you can actually pick out a few things from their names. Um, my favorite instance in this is that you see that there's a guy named Levi or Matthew who's a tax collector. And you have another guy named Simon who's a zealot. Now, a tax collector would have been seen as, I guess we would call him, you know, we would tend to think of this person as a, as a sellout, somebody who, you know, uh, did not... Uh, go against the occupying government. He actually was a collaborator, and a lot of people would have viewed him as, um, you know, just a sellout and somebody you couldn't respect. On the other hand, you had um, you had Simon the Zealot, right? The Zealots were a nationalistic group. We would probably compare them most to a group like Hamas nowadays, where they're kind of like domestic terrorists because what they would do is that they would go with these hooked knives, and their whole thing was to just be ground level and like killing people uh, who were Roman officials or people who collaborated with the Romans. So if Simon the Zealot would have met um, Matthew the tax collector apart from Jesus, he would have wanted to kill him or his friends would have wanted to kill him, right? And instead, um, Jesus says, no, 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 look, I've called you. I, I haven't come to establish a kingdom in the way that you think about kingdoms, right? I, I have... I'm absolutely, you know, it's absolutely a politic, right? But it's it's a different politic. The Gospel of Mark begins with this phrase that says, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you may not realize that. A lot of people don't realize that. But that is a very political statement. Because that phrase, the gospel of Jesus Christ, mirrors a phrase that was used of Caesar Augustus. There's actually an inscription that's still available, that you can still find, that says, this is the gospel of Caesar Augustus. And it talks about the birth of Caesar Augustus and how he comes to power. And so what the gospel is, is it's a, it's a counter uh, narrative politically. Caesar Augustus called himself the savior of the world. Jesus comes and his followers call him the savior of the world. You see, what, what I'm saying here is that Jesus comes as the true king, establishing the true kingdom which is higher and greater than all the other kingdoms of the earth, all the, all the political saviors, Jesus says, no, 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 what you need is a greater salvation. You need something truer. Okay, the other thing beyond just that that I want to say that the Lord has really impressed upon my heart is in Ephesians chapter 4. And that's just a word for the church, you know. Um, let me read it to you. Ephesians chapter 4. Paul's word to them. And again, like I said, political divisions aren't unique to our time. They, they existed before, but also you know, church divisions aren't unique to our time. So look at what Paul said to the church in Ephesus. He says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And so he goes on to say all these things, but here's the point there. He says, strive to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And that is what I believe that the Lord wants to speak to the church today is, look, hey, we are called to a higher politic. We are not called to become partisan over these issues. We are called to a greater king a greater kingdom that supersedes all of these things. We participate and we bless. We don't uh, you know, isolate from the 
secondary citizenship that we have, and yet we are not willing to sacrifice these things for, um, or we're not willing to sacrifice the unity of the Spirit for partisan politics. I think that is a really, really important word for the church today. Um, and finally, you know, you, you asked about the maybe the coming of the Lord during these things. Um, you know, here's, here's my thought about that. I think the thing that people often miss about uh, the coming of the Lord is that it, it's going to happen, not necessarily at a time when uh, there's a lot of crisis, right? On the one hand, right, we, we do believe there will be an increase in things, increase in the, you know, happenings of wars and strife and all of these things. And yet, there's also a way in which you could look at it as the, the man of lawlessness, right? The Antichrist is going to be somebody who brings about an unprecedented peace as well. And so what that means for us as Christians is that we are to always be ready. That's what it says in um, Matthew chapter 24 and 25 as Jesus is talking about the end of the world. You know, basically the, the question the disciples would ask is, what does it mean for us to be ready for the return of Jesus, ready for the end times or what, what's called theologically the eschaton, right? The, the final events. And what Jesus says there in Matthew 24 and 25 is that what it means to be ready is to be actively engaged in the work and the mission of God. And that's really important because a lot of people would say, hey, you know, I'm really, really ready. What does it mean to be ready? Does it mean to stockpile food? Does it mean to get ammo so you can shoot down your neighbors when they try to steal your food later on, right? No, 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 no. What Jesus says to be ready is not just to say really loudly, I'm ready for Jesus to come back. No, to be ready for the coming of Jesus means this. It means to be actively engaged in the work and the mission of God. So that would be uh, what I believe the Lord would want to speak to the church today, those, those two messages. Be actively engaged in the mission of God and strive to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Awesome. All right, all men, well, I really appreciate you yeah. speaking that too. Awesome. Jeremiah, thank you for the call and the question. God bless you. You too, man. All right, bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Looks like we have all open lines, so this would be a great time for you to call in with your questions about the Bible, or your questions about things going on in the world right now, or things going on in your life that you'd like a biblical perspective on. The number to call is 303-690-3000, that's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Let's go over and look at the text line while we're waiting for calls to come in. One person texts in and asks this. Would you address if Isaiah chapter 3 is a dual fulfillment prophecy pertaining to today? Okay, so let's talk about Isaiah chapter 3. In the first few chapters, I think it's about the first, um, well, certainly the first five chapters, but I think it's more than just the first five chapters of Isaiah. But the first five chapters, um, Isaiah is pronouncing judgments upon um, different nations of the earth, but also upon Judah and Jerusalem. And the reason is that, you know, Isaiah is preaching at a time at the end of the period of the kings, leading up to the exile in Babylon. And so he's doing, you know, his ministry is all about warning the people, 
turn back to the Lord, turn back to the Lord. Because if you don't, he's going to allow whatever it takes to get your attention. He's going to allow this to take place so that you can, um, you know, he's going to allow Babylon is, is ultimately what's going to happen. Babylon's going to come in. They're going to take you over. And the reason they're going to do that is because, um, you know, God is wanting to get your attention. And it, it seems that Israel had this propensity that when things were going well in their lives, when they had prosperity, when they had comfort, when they had peace, they tend to turn away from God in their hearts. And I would say that that's not just their propensity. That's our human nature. That's the propensity of what all of us tend to do. And so when things are really comfortable, we can turn away from God. So what, what God's telling them there is, hey, you know, judgment is coming because you guys have turned away from me. You know, you, you, you're doing evil. You don't care about what I say to you. You're not listening. So I'm going to get your attention. So in chapter 3 specifically, God speaks to Judah and Jerusalem. Now, this was really interesting because for the people of Israel, they would have thought that uh, Judah and Jerusalem was kind of immune from experiencing the judgment of God. And there were several reasons for that, but the greatest of all reasons was because this is where the temple was located in Jerusalem. And they thought surely God would you know, bring judgment on, on the northern kingdom of Israel, maybe on parts of Judah, but certainly not on Jerusalem, the holy city. But God here announces, no, you know what? I'm going to do this to you guys too because you have also turned away and, and the like. So one of the things he says here that I find most interesting about this chapter is God is saying, uh, as a judgment against Jerusalem and Judah before you know Babylon comes in and takes them over, he is going to replace or he's going to let their wise leaders be replaced by childish leaders and bad leaders. And so he's going to remove uh, the leaders who they might have considered indispensable. And he's going to replace them with boys and infants and people who are who are bad leaders. Now this is this is really interesting because if you look at the history of the the kings of Judah, you see that right towards the end there were a whole bunch of kings who led really poorly. And so the question of our texture was, do I think this is a dual fulfillment? Well, it's a it's a good question. I guess I would need a little bit more information on what you mean by dual fulfillment. I'll give you my opinion. Obviously, I believe that this was fulfilled in the past. Now, is there a dual fulfillment that means it's fulfilled even today? Well, it, I guess it would. I would want to know what you mean by that. My first inclination is to say, are you are you thinking about this in regard to the United States of America, or are you thinking about this in regard to the world? And which verses in chapter three are you thinking about? You know, some people might say that having bad leaders, you know, in verses three and four, for example, that having bad leaders as a form of judgment from God. Uh, is that happening in our country, in the world today? I think that's entirely possible. I don't know if that requires it to be a dual fulfillment, but I would say that it could be um, what we would just say is that here we see a precedent. This is one of the ways that God sometimes brings about um, a judgment. And so uh, we can see that, that you know, bad leaders can come about through society, but we also see um, in Romans chapter 13 that God puts leaders in place. We remember that in the time of the disciples and the apostles, like Peter says, you know, honor the emperor. Who's the emperor he's talking about? He's talking about Caesar Nero. 
the same emperor who killed his friends. A lot of people believe, and I'm one of them, who believe that 1 Peter was written in response to the killing of the Apostle Paul by Caesar Nero. So imagine this. Caesar Nero kills the Apostle Paul. Peter writes a letter to the churches to speak into this time, which is very, you know, everything's topsy-turvy. Their, their leader, Paul, one of their leaders has been killed. Peter writes in his letter and he tells the people, honor the emperor, the same emperor who just killed the apostle Paul. And why? Because he believes that God is truly sovereign and God even puts bad rulers in place as a form of judgment, essentially kind of like Saul in the Old Testament, giving the people what they wanted, even though it wasn't good for them because they insisted on it and it was a form of judgment. So I think that is possible. I don't think that requires it to be a dual fulfillment in order for it to be possible. Just simply the fact that that uh, it is one of the ways that God has worked in the past and could certainly work today. Another dual fulfillment of this could be taken to mean, you know, that God allowed difficulty and uncertainty to come upon Judah. He allowed things to be shaken up and things to happen to them that they thought would never happen and that that was for the purpose of getting their attention. Do I believe that that's happening today? I, I do believe that that is happening today, that God is using these circumstances and situations. He has allowed them for this purpose to uh, get our attention. I don't think this is the only reason it's happened, but I do believe that God wants to use it for that purpose and for good in our lives. So my admonition to all of us, including myself, would be let us not miss what the Lord wants to speak to us during this time. Let us not miss what the Lord wants to do in our lives and our hearts during this time of upheaval and things being shaken up. Oftentimes, God does some of his greatest work in the dark. You know, this is why in James, James begins his letter by saying, count it all joy when you experience various kinds of trials. And so um, may we do exactly that. Count it all joy when you experience trials. Why? Because God uses them in your life. You aren't sadistic and saying, I love it when it hurts. No, what you're saying is I love what God does through those hurts, even if I don't love the pain itself. Let's go to our next caller, Emmanuel in Pennsylvania. Hi, Emmanuel. Welcome to the program. Hey, uh, how are you? It's been a while since I've been on here. Um, so my question is, uh, here in America, um, do, you, do you think that we've, uh been more watered down in our uh, following of of the way of you know Christ you know uh being that we lost our fear of uh following the Lord because I was having a conversation with my friend and um it struck me in a way when he mentioned that uh the comparison between the um, the biblical angels of how awe-inspiring, how how it brought fear into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he doesn't believe in God, it brought fear into him compared to what he, he saw amongst uh, uh, in America. How it, it's more wired down; it doesn't even show the true nature of what uh, what the Bible showed. And I feel as though that uh, many people would have uh, trembled, even taken things more seriously, uh, even turned to God more if they actually uh, were were uh, in knowledge of what the true nature of, of God is. You know, uh, you know. Yeah, 
No, so Emmanuel, I totally agree with you on this point. Um, what we have in our society right now, in, in large, and, and not just in society as a whole, but in individual hearts, it, it's really, there's a lack of the fear of the Lord. And, you know, we see that. That's not like something that just came about recently. This is something we see throughout the Bible. I've been studying First Kings. That is the biggest issue in First Kings. With all the bad kings, Ahab, even with Solomon, the reason they do the things they do is because they lack a healthy, appropriate fear of the Lord. Uh, we can continue this conversation, but we have to uh, put you on hold right now because we're going to our mid-show break. So if you don't mind holding Emmanuel, that'd be awesome. For those of you tuning in, we've got two open lines. Give us a call. We'll get you on right after the break. 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts live on the air, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. 3000 or you can text us at 720-336, sorry about that, 720-336-0897. So that's the text line, 720-336-0897. Again, this is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything else going on in your life that you'd like to discuss from a biblical perspective or get some biblical insight into. That's what we're here for. Uh, right before the break, we were talking to Emmanuel in Pennsylvania about the um, the fear of the Lord. So, Emmanuel, if you're still there, then uh, welcome back. But uh, if not, then we can also continue this discussion just saying that, uh, yeah, the fear of the Lord is absolutely something where throughout the Bible, whenever we see it, um, we see that people encounter God. They're, um, you know, their response is not one of just being like, elated or happy but it tends to be this awestruck fear now we, we tend to think of fear only in negative terms but having fear is actually one of the one of the, it's a it's a gift you know one of the things i was thinking about you remember, i don't know if you were around in the 90s but in the 90s there was this you know kind of silly fad where people would wear this shirt that said no fear and i always thought that's like a really not a good idea to not have any fear at all. I mean, some fear, some fears are appropriate, right? So we, we don't want to fear the wrong things, but we do want to fear the right things. I remember when my son was, uh, I think he was two years old. We went, uh, we were on vacation and we went to the Black Canyon of the Gunnison. And if you have a two-year-old, anybody out there, just wait a few years before you go to the Black Canyon of the Gunnison, okay? You do not want to take your two-year-old over there because there's like these 800-foot cliffs and the wooden fences that guard the cliffs are like just the right height for a two-year-old to walk under them. And two-year-olds just don't have a lot of fear. When my daughter was two years old, she had this airplane with wings and she used to try to ride it down the stairs all the time. We had to save her life like three times a day. So my point being that uh, having a fear, appropriate fear, is very good. In the same way, having appropriate fear of the Lord is very important. Having other fears that are inappropriate 
though those will cripple us and they'll actually hold us back from growing they'll hold us back in our relationship with god those could be the fear of man it could be the fear of you know fear of death jesus said don't fear him who can only destroy the body but fear him who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell so emmanuel that's yeah. I, i'm in agreement with you we need to we need a fear of the lord and proper fear of the lord comes from a good understanding of who God is and who we are. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was really my concern, you know, and and it's my struggle as well, you know, because uh, there's a lot of distractions in my life, and I believe that it, it drew me away from um, from what kept me in life, you know. So I I, I really believe that I need some prayer to mm. um, to to build up my prayer life to go back into the state you know okay well let's pray for you Heavenly Father we pray for Emmanuel Lord in the areas of his life where he has fears in regard to things that you don't want him to fear in regard to areas where you want him to have trust and faith rather than to be held back by fear Lord we pray that you would give him uh, that overwhelming sense of your love that drives out all fear that overwhelming sense of faith and courage in you and who you are confidence in you god that gives him the ability to overcome those fears in your strength we pray that you would give that to him in those areas of his life where he needs it lord we pray for people out there including us lord all of us who are listening but also people out there who we know lord that we would truly have an appropriate and right fear of the lord and we pray that in jesus name amen Amen. God bless you, you, Emmanuel. Thanks for calling in. No problem. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Before we go to our next caller, let me just take the opportunity. I want to invite you personally to join us for church this Sunday at the church that I pastor here in Longmont. You can join us in person or online at 9 and 11 a.m. More information as well as how to watch online, is at our website, whitefieldschurch.com, whitefieldschurch.com. If you need the address for our church, I'll give it to you now. It's 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, 80504. We're just east of County Line Road, right on Highway 119, in between the city center of Longmont and I-25. So really easily accessible from all directions. And we'd love to have you come worship with us. Show up a few minutes early, bring your mask, we'll social distance, and we'll study the word. So we'd love to have you. Check us out again online, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our next caller, Margaret in Arvada. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Um, thank you for taking my uh, call. Um, I have a questions in regards of a neighbor of mine that I, um, well, I would say I don't like what he's doing. Um, he uh, usually blow his leaves to the front yard, and then I live in the corner. So then he blows them up, you know, to the corner where I live. And then when the wind hits, all the stuff just blows into my into my flowers and everywhere else. So I <clears throat> I got strong and I went and talked to him and I said, Why do you do that? I said, I I already cleaned it a few times and I said, But I'm getting tired of cleaning it. I said, Why do you blow it over to my side? And I, he says, Well, I was going to go clean it. And I 
told them, well, I can understand why you blow them up there when you can blow them in front of your driveway and then clean them there. So he just say, well, you're just way into falcons. You're going to have more than that to clean and this and that. So he was just being kind of nasty about it. Yeah. And so I talked to my son, and I told him that I have told him. And my son got mad, and he says, you should have just took it to the Lord, and you do not tell him anything. He says, I bet you now you're going to be patting yourself in the back, saying that you took care of the problem, and he doesn't do it no more. So you need mm-hmm. to leave it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if he was right or if I did wrong on talking to the man. Yeah, so I don't think there's anything wrong with talking to your neighbor about what he's doing and confronting him if you're able to do it lovingly. You know, here's what, what the Bible says. It says, do everything that you can to live at peace with all people. And um, I think that's what you're doing. You know, you're, you're seeking to live at peace with your neighbor. And, you know, the idea of going to the Lord with these things, you could have done that. That would have been okay, too. But I don't think there's anything wrong with going and talking to him. I think that the um, the the most important thing here is that you are um, you're going in and seeking out a solution. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. To be a Christian doesn't mean that you let other people walk on you, but it does mean that you handle your conflicts in a uniquely Christian way. You handle them in a way that's different than the world, you know, so you don't come with threatening, you don't come with uh, these angry things, you come and you seek to resolve it first. I think you did the right thing, and I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. I think you can, yes, you can take it to the Lord. There's also nothing wrong with going and talking to your neighbor. Yeah, and then I I told my son, well, I I always thought that, you know, that he's supposed to try to take care of it, and I said, if he stops, of course I'm going to thank the Lord because I think he, you know, he helped me because I pray that he don't do that no more. And he didn't do it for a couple of times, but right after that he started again. And now I'm wondering, what do I do? Do I just, I just say to myself, I just go and clean it. Yeah. No, I think you can. You can just go and clean it. You can ignore it. You can just pray about it and pray that God changes your neighbor's heart. I think that that would be a fine response. But I also think that going and addressing the problem with your neighbor, again, it's not wrong to go and do something about it, but we want to do it in a uniquely Christian way. We want to ask, you know, Mm -hmm. how would Jesus want us? How does Jesus instruct us to deal with conflicts? And I think that what you did in the past was fine. I think that dealing with it similarly in the future is going to be okay too. So let's just pray for your neighbor right now. Uh, Lord, we lift up this neighbor of Margaret in Arvada there. Lord, we ask that you would, Lord, really soften his heart. I'm really sorry that he is acting this way and, and being so thoughtless towards his neighbors. But Lord, we pray that you would take hold of his heart. Lord, we pray for him that he would know you, that he would be saved, that he would be transformed in his life from the inside out. Lord, help him to, uh, we pray that Margaret and him would have a relationship, Lord, the relationship in which she is able to be salt and light to him. Uh, as a neighbor and we pray that you would Lord bless this that bless this person but also Lord, we pray that you give Margaret wisdom with how to handle this situation in Jesus name amen amen um 
And also I'm thinking to myself, maybe there's nothing wrong with him for him to do that. So am I, you think I'm overreacting? No, I don't think you're overreacting. I don't think what he's doing is very nice. So I would just say, uh, pray about how to handle this in a in a uniquely Christian way. But I'm, gonna... I'm feeling maybe I'm just a crybaby, and that's okay that he's doing. Maybe I'm just getting mad for no reason. But even even if you are, um, you know, being upset about something that isn't a big deal, I think that handling it the right way is the right thing to do. I'm going to have to let you go, though, and we're going to go to our next caller, Kay in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Kay. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yeah, my pleasure. I I have a daughter. She's 17. She kind of ha- hangs out with the wrong crowd and does the wrong thing, and she's just kind of a wayward person. She's going to be 18 soon, and she keeps talking about moving out when she's 18. But I would just like to come before the Lord, lift her up, and just ask God to put a hedge of protection around her, uh, to touch her heart and to change the trajectory of her life, to intervene. And then um, the gentleman that answered the phone said I could do a dual prayer request, if that's okay. Sure. I also have um, a former pastor of mine. He is in the hospital right now with COVID. He is on a respirator, a ventilator. And his wife is asking for prayer that he would get, um, you know, there's all these details with his oxygen level and his blood pressure and just lift him up that God would uh, heal him, give him strength and help him walk out of that hospital. Yeah, let's pray for those two things. Okay, Heavenly Father, we together as people tuning in and listening uh, around, around the country and even around the world, Lord, together we come before you. And we ask for Kay's daughter, Lord Kay's daughter, who is um, you know, right now wayward. She's pursuing happiness in ways that are going to hurt her, that are going to destroy her body, her mind, her soul. And Lord, we just cry out to you for her. Lord, we pray that you would save her life. We pray that you would save her soul. And Lord, that you would take hold of her. Lord, we pray that you would shut doors and sh- close opportunities for the things that she's planning and thinking about doing. Lord, we pray that you would just truly shut her in in love. Lord, that you would protect her from the ways that she uh, wants to or is inclined to do these things which ultimately are not good for her. Lord, we pray that you would open the eyes of, of her mind, Lord, the eyes of her heart, that she would see and understand, Lord, that your ways are good for her, that your commandments are for her good all the time. And Lord, that your heart is for, for good for her. The reason why you give prescriptions and tell us to do different things is because you love us, not because you're trying to prevent us from having joy. And so, Lord, we pray for her that she would find that the path to true joy and true happiness is found in you, Jesus. We pray that you would truly take hold of her heart uh, for your glory and for her good. And Lord, I pray for Kay that you would give her a lot of wisdom with how to parent her daughter during this time, how to communicate to her how much she is loved. And Lord, how to communicate to her how much she cares about her and why she wants her to walk with you, Jesus. And we pray, Lord, truly, you would you would save her from the grip of the enemy. Lord, that you would bind the enemy and take her from him and have her be your own. And Lord, we also want to pray for Kay's former pastor 
as he's on the ventilator, as he's dealing with these oxygen levels, Lord, with COVID. Lord, we ask that you would intervene in that situation, Lord, that you would strengthen his body. We pray that he would be able to come off the respirator, that his oxygen levels would increase. Lord, we pray that you would give wisdom and guidance to the doctors who are taking care of him as well, and the nurses and the staff there, Lord, that you would guide them, strengthen them. And Lord, we do pray that uh, he would come off of that, that ventilator and that he would be able to come home and continue serving you in his life. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. That, yeah. That's a real blessing to have prayer. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless you, Kay. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts here on the air today. It's kind of feast or famine here with the calls today. It's been we've had like all full lines and now we have all empty lines again. So now is the perfect time to call in. If you have a question, uh, now would be the right time to call in. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Nine seven for the text line, and if you call in right now, we can get you right on the air. the The number to call three zero three six nine zero three thousand with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you. We have a few texts that have come in. Let's go over to the text line and take a look at some of those. One text says, "My father converted to Christianity at a young age, and when his only brother committed suicide, he had a crisis of faith." which led him to a path of leaving his faith. He has much more peace and happiness now, having let go of Christianity, and I wonder if I should minister to him or if I should let it be. Well, I would tell you that um, you should absolutely minister to him. You know, that's the loving thing to do. Uh, and I'll tell you why. There's uh, this great verse in James chapter 5, verse 20, which says this. Remember, whoever turns a sinner... From the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And so I just want to encourage you that, uh, you know, helping your father out is is definitely the, the thing to do and ministering to him. And I would just give you some advice that I would I would suggest starting with questions, having, you know, having this discussion to him and saying, letting him lead the discussion. But you introduce the questions you know dad what is it that has caused you to turn away what were the things that caused you to doubt and have this crisis of faith get him talking and get him to share with you some of the things that have gone on that's going to be good for both of you by the way it's not just um it's not just a setup for how you can talk to him about jesus it's actually really that that's love is listening to somebody listening to their heart listening to their doubts one of the things I, I notice in First Kings chapter 19 when Isaiah, I'm sorry, not Isaiah, Elijah is having doubts and he's doubting his calling and he's really struggling and he's depressed and he, he wants to walk away from his calling altogether. And God reaches out to him and God just asks him, hey, Elijah, what's going on? And Elijah says right away, oh, you know, I, I've been zealous for the Lord and they've killed all the prophets. They've torn down all the altars. I'm the only one left. And then God later on asks him again, what's going on, Elijah? What's going on in your heart and in your mind? And he lets Elijah talk. And he doesn't actually argue with him. In fact, when God speaks to him again, 
he doesn't even address the things that Elijah brought up. He actually just starts pointing him in the right direction. We see that with Job too. God lets Job talk and then he ministers to him. So that would be my advice to you there. But here's the thing I would tell you. Uh, this coming Sunday, I'm teaching from 1 Kings chapter 21 and we're looking at the life of King Ahab, who you might know is one of the most wicked, most evil kings who ever ruled over Israel. And what I, what I find so interesting about Ahab is that in his evil that he does, if you look at it, in his wickedness, you can also see that underneath all of it, Ahab is, is pursuing happiness apart from God. And I think that there can be this sense in which people, I think, first of all, all people want to be happy. All people are looking for happiness and they're looking for joy. Now, some people, though, they'll look at God and they'll get this misconception about God and about the Bible that God in some way is an obstacle to their happiness and their pursuit of happiness. They'll, they'll view God as a cosmic killjoy, right? Up there, you know, he's got a whole book full of rules about stuff you can't do and stuff you have to do. And if he doesn't like something that you do or you don't do what he wants you to do, then he'll threaten to punish you for it. Now, of course, that's not true, but that's how some people think. And some people look at this and they say, you know what, in order for me to be really happy, what I need to do is I need to stop worrying about God. I need to stop worrying about what God thinks. I need to stop worrying about what the Bible says and just do whatever will make me happy. But see, that's super short-sighted. And it's not, it doesn't lead to actual real fulfillment and joy and happiness in their life. And uh, when, it, when it comes to the end of all things, God does want us to be happy. We were created for happiness. Everything in our lives that leads to sadness is a result of sin. And Jesus came in order that we might have once again and ultimately and fully the happiness for which we were created. Happiness which is true and real. Not shallow and deep and momentary, but true and lasting and real. And so, um, you know, to say, well, my dad's happy. I just want to leave him alone. I would tell you, it's possible to be happy in the moment and and it's kind of like a, a blissful thing, kind of like burying your head in the sand. He's not dealing with the real issues of life and death, but the statistics on death are not good, right? 10 out of 10 people die. And so to really love somebody is to say, we need to talk about this. And especially, you know, if you can have that conversation with your dad in a loving way, in a, in a patient way, I would really encourage you to do it. So, you know, you think about the, the doctor who tells somebody their diagnosis. They don't do it because they really like hurting people's feelings by telling them that they have cancer. No, they do it because they care enough about the person to tell them, hey, I, I know exactly what, what's going on. I've been in that place before and I, I want to help you because I found uh, the solution by God's grace. So I would just encourage you and I just want to pray for you as you do that. Heavenly Father, I pray for this person who texted in, and I do pray, Lord, that you would give them a lot of wisdom and a lot of grace, a lot of patience, and a lot of love as, as this person talks to their father about their relationship with you and what has led them to leave, uh, what has led him to leave his faith. Lord, I pray that you'd give them just prophetic words, prophetic insight, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom to minister to their father and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've got about seven minutes left in the show, which means that we have time for maybe one more call and a few texts. So give me a call. We'll get you right on the air. 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Okay. We've got a text here that says this. Hey, Pastor, if you get a chance, Pray for my friend John. He's dealing with a big leak in his house, having to live in a hotel for a while. Insurance is giving him a hard time. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you John and this hardship he's going through. Lord, we pray that the insurance would come through, that there would be justice and that they would deal rightly with him and they would, he would get the help he needs. Lord, give him favor in the eyes of the insurance company. And Lord, we pray that you would take care of him, be with him as he's living in this hotel. This would really be a time for John of seeking you and work, or and seeking you, and um, and really drawing near to you while he's staying in this hotel and dealing with this problem in his house. So Lord, bless John. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Let's go to our next one. Uh, someone says, "I was listening yesterday, and I heard of a situation I once went through. I'm a woman." who went through a problem with my husband being really mean to me, which we almost got a divorce. I'm a strong believer. As my husband would do anything to take my joy, I'd say to pray for his wife's heart to be healed, let God work on her and for him to continue to trust. Please pray for restoration of his marriage. Thank you for your prayers. Okay, so um, this person says, I'm still married, still trusting in God. Okay, so I didn't hear the show yesterday, but uh, we will absolutely pray for restoration of this marriage and for strength and, and really not just restoration uh, to keep you going, but we want to see this, this relationship transformed to be a, a kind of relationship that honors God uh, fully. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we hear this prayer request and we do pray for the restoration of this marriage in question here. Lord, we pray for uh, strengthening of marriages out there of all of our listeners that are struggling. Lord, we pray that you would help us, Lord, that we would truly follow your pattern for marriage. Lord, we pray that where there needs to be forgiveness, there would be forgiveness. Where there needs to be repentance, that there would be repentance. Lord, we pray that you would continue to pour your love in our hearts, Lord, that it would overflow. And Lord, that you would heal what is broken in our relationships in our hearts, Lord, that we might truly honor you in our marriages. We pray for those who are in kind of one-sided relationships, perhaps, where they're a believer and their spouse isn't or isn't really walking with you. Lord, help them to be a good witness to their spouse. Help them to love their spouse in a way that softens their heart. Lord, we pray that you would, by your Spirit, do the work that no person can do. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to our next caller, Arius in Loveland, Colorado. Hi, Arius. Welcome to the program. Hello, thank you. How are you doing? Doing great. I just uh, kind of had a follow-up question to uh, the question you just asked. Um, basically, you said people have a wrong picture of God that they think he's some—he's not not a picture of love, but a picture of you know punishment and chastisement. But uh, but also like uh, I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts and hear you expand because God is a God that does chastise those whom He loves. And, um, like, the freshest example I can think is Exodus 4.24, I think, when uh, he was going to come up on Moses and kill him. I mean, my research, all I really found was he was going to do so because Moses was uh, to be his mouth and uh, 
be a witness for God, and but there were commandments of God that he hadn't kept. But when his wife circumcised his son, God uh, changed his mind. So I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on, like, on that, like, you know, how, how God, like, when God does punish and when he does chastise and why, and, you know, is it always out of love and kind of a bad question, but. <laughs> no, no, it's a great question, and it's an important question because, as I was saying, I think some, my point really with what I was saying is simply this, that a lot of people have this view that God is opposed to happiness you know that God is up there and he's kind of dour and he doesn't want us to be happy and my my opinion would be just the opposite but here's the other thing that God is absolutely a God of justice and he's a God of holiness and we have a problem we have an unholiness problem right and that problem it sets us at enmity with God you know on the one hand you could say like I was talking about this king Ahab well on the one hand God wanted Ahab to find true happiness but it, true happiness was found through repentance, right? And through receiving mercy. Now, because of the ways that Ahab was seeking happiness apart from God, he made himself an enemy of God. And as an enemy of God, he was subject to the judgment of God. And so I think that these things are absolutely true at the same time. God is a God of holiness. He's a God of love. And because of that, he does bring judgment. And at the on the other hand, God's, heart for us is that people would come to the knowledge of the truth he says this like in ezekiel chapter 17 very famously you know you know i do not delight in the destruction of the wicked but i desire that they would repent and be saved and so and yet god does bring destruction sometimes and so those two things are true at the same time but god's heart is for our good so hey thanks for that call great clarification hey you've been listening to calvary live my name is nick katie I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online and join us in person. Find more information, whitefieldschurch.com. Have a great evening and God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.